Oh, so that's it. You've been renewed, have you? That's it. Life depends on change and renewal. Who are we? Don't you know? Paltrow! Yes, and what do you do? We are your servants. I know. Remember it. Do me a favour. Come on, it's time we sorted this out. Here comes the drums! So here it comes, the sound of drums. Hello and welcome to Pulse It Open, an ongoing quest to watch all of television's Doctor Who. All of it. In oh, random order. The whole thing. This my, is it. My name is Chris Taylor. Oh, wait. Yes, that's what we do. Yeah, we that's, that's ourselves how we do it. Well. I'm just so nervous. We're in the same room. We're in the same room. I'm Pete Paschal. Yes. Guys, we're in the same room. Chris this and I, we've been doing Pull to Open since, when did we start? Like end of 2019? Something, something like, like that. that. Yes, pre-pandemic, before times. And we've never been in the same room uh, doing this thing, this thing we call the podcast Pull to Open. And yeah. today we are. Today, today we are. I yeah. have to be visiting New York at a class reunion. Pete's uh, in New Jersey. We, we got together. We're doing the podcast live and in person. And this right is on. really really weird I, I do sort of feel like uh, if you're watching on youtube you can see how we're <laughs> sitting around we're clustered around a microphone we don't know where to look we yeah. don't know what to do like with what, our hands we don't know what to have here what is even happening i feel like we should have, have some guitars here like maybe the daleks in the background can hand us well i'm kind guitars. of uh feeling good and also a little nervous that everyone can see my whole room now because we yeah. usually do the split screen so for those on youtube uh, those are not, you know, are, are enjoying this. They're seeing all the props. If you're just listening to the podcast, but now, now, not only can you see the breadth of my Doctor Who props, like my Cyberman head, my Dalek head, you also see some like some of my hardware crap on the, my shelf and you know other things. So you know, I'm a little, feel a little nervous <laughs> about the judgment that might come hey, through in my hey, way. But this is a great room. My a, lot of, a lot of great stuff here. I'm enjoying doing it here live for the first time. But anyway, we are a podcast, We're and a podcast. we are a podcast that goes through. Doctor Who in random order, and previously on Pull to Open, as regular viewers know, we uh, we we were in a Capaldi episode, which the randomizer loves Capaldi. Loves Capaldi. It loves to take us to Capaldi. We were at the Eases of Light, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which is sort of a, a forgotten episode-ish that really perhaps shouldn't have been forgotten. It was okay. We kind of liked it. Yeah, it was okay-ish. I mean, also forgettable. I mean, there were aspects <laughs> to it that were like, oh, I see why people didn't really yeah. gravitate to this one as their favorite or anything. But there's fun stuff in there. Um, before that, the ultimately forgettable Terminus um, well, honestly, like not as forgettable, but certainly for the wrong reasons. Yeah, um, yeah. How, who could ever forget the Garm? The Garm, the Garm I'm was always, so cute. Always the Garm. The Garm. I want, I want to cosplay as the Garm sometime, because it's like <laughs> people, say, oh, you're a cute doggy. No, yes. I'm a the tool of Terminus Incorporated. Yes, and you could, you know, uh, even Doctor Who fans would be like, Carvin Like, No, Garm, ah, Terminus. That's old um, school, yeah. Yes, and before that, the very not forgettable Genesis of the Daleks. Yes, yes. Repeat. Ultimate, a big, ultimate Dalek, Dalek story. Yeah, it's huge. And yeah. before that, Attack of the Cyberman, right. pretty forgettable. Um, but now, we are, speaking of Daleks... We're at the power of the Daleks. That's right. We've come to season four, serial three. This was Patrick Troughton's first uh, story as the Doctor. And it's pretty cool to come back 
come to this one so soon after Genesis of the Daleks. Yes, and we see we see many many connections between them. I'm really looking forward to to diving into that. Yeah, um, but also the, diving into the fact that this is um, this is special for a number of reasons. Not just because we're together. It's the first set of missing episodes, right? Uh, the, which is something we're probably going to have to encounter. Well, definitely going to have to encounter a lot more uh, in the run of Pull to Open. Yeah, we had done the Tenth Planet, which was sort of missing, but it's like not really yeah. missing. Like there was one only episode four is missing, and it's all it, it's been on DVD for ages, right. and the and the animation recreation of the fourth episode, and even before that animation, there was like I don't know narrations and stuff. So right. it, wasn't, it wasn't really missing. So it's yeah, it's sort of like there are five animated episodes in a row in the history of Doctor Who. Fourth of fourth episode of Ten Planet, then. Uh, uh, sorry, and then uh, seven episodes. Seven, so. yeah. Yeah, Power of Daleks is a six-episode one. Um, but yeah, I'm also looking forward to talking about the fact that this is where Doctor everything changed for Doctor Who. Right. This. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the, the reasons uh, that that is so. But uh, but first of all, yeah. let's talk first, about well, we got reviews. We're reviews. We, we, we want some reviews. We love reviews. We're a podcast, guys, in case you weren't sure. <laughs> and uh, as everyone knows, podcasts thrive on reviews. The number of people who can leave reviews, the number of reviews you get in the Apple store uh, will increase the visibility of your podcast and let us spread the word of classic and new Doctor Who to the rest of the world. So please take some time in your app right now. You're probably listening to us. <laughs> so yeah. you can yeah. pause the playback or not and just go into your app, leave a review, leave an emoji, uh, leave a fun emoji title of a episode which yes. is a thing we like yeah reminder uh, that we are, we are doing that we are doing uh, we're going to put it in the official codex right yep. we're going to have our emoji versions of explaining each episode it doesn't necessarily need to be the title yeah uh you know reference something that people might remember or not remember from a particular doctor who story and turn that into emoji. And, and don't even worry if it's done already like get your own version of it yep. we can we there's lots of columns in our google sheet <laughs> yeah, we'll make more opportunities for different versions of the power of three. Yeah, in emoji form. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. So please uh, head over, leave a review. They really do help the pod. Go ahead and leave a rating as well. Again, never telling you guys what to put, but we love those five star reviews. Please keep them coming. And um, yeah, wherever wherever you are enjoying your podcast, please yes. uh, let the podcast community know that you're enjoying it. And plenty of people are enjoying us on TikTok. Yep. Uh, we are aiming for 10,000 followers. Uh, we have, what, over 200,000 views at this point of our Oh, videos. yeah. Oh, at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we're, we're like going just by two the videos. <laughs> <laughs> just two of our videos have, have would, would get us to 200,000. We've got yeah. a couple that got over 100,000. No, it's been really great. It always surprises me what the TikTok crowd is into. So we've blown past 7,000 followers. We're really zeroing in on 10K pretty quick. I mean, we've got a got to get our ducks in a row on what we're going to be doing there yep. uh, once we hit 10k um <laughs> we we have ideas don't we'll, worry we're doing a special animated episode yeah Re reconstructed Hooray. from telesnaps that would be, to open. oh man i'd love that i think there's some apps that might actually do that yeah but that'd be great <laughs> uh but we'll do something special there we'll definitely up our game there not just on a one-time thing but i think there's there's more we can do there um so watch for that but also keep sharing out some of those videos and engaging with us there because that helps the show as well um, we should mention going back to the reviews, just to to harp on the review thing. Uh, we are we are giving a prize as regular listeners oh, yeah. to uh, one of the first fifty reviews, and Peter's been answering questions about what this prize is. It's something special, something you can't buy. Right, it's rarely seen on eBay. Uh, rarely, 
rarely. Yes. It is it is mineral in the animal, vegetable mineral, both in the composition of the actual prize right. and what it represents. And last time you asked if it was new who or classic who. And you said new. But but also classic. It features in both. It, but I have to go with it's it's really a new who one. Wow. That's I don't even know where to go from that. What is a really a new who thing that also featured in the classic show? Well, there's, there's a few uh, things. Am, am I am I gonna burn all my twenty questions to like figuring out which doctor we're talking about? Uh, uh you could. You could. Okay. Uh <laughs> let me see then. Uh is it how about this? Does it does this prize and what, what it represents come from the era of a mi- male doctor or a female doctor? Male. Okay. Well, that narrows it down. <laughs> That's I thought a direct maybe, question. You get a direct yeah, answer. You know, I thought maybe we'd like zoom in on Whisker immediately, and then I. But you know, yeah, worth, worth a shot. Could have been. Could have been. Yeah. Um, but no, no, it's not. It's not a Whitaker era. Um, okay. Object. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll 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 be back next week with more questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of our TikTok, uh, the the terminus terminus TikTok was lit. Yeah, so this past week we put up some videos on terminus, um, which was uh, they were all great. <laughs> well, the videos are great. I mean, I mean oh. the engagement was great. Yeah, but I mean, um, there was definitely a lot of talk. Well, we put up a video around the infamous skirt scene. Yeah. So that you know you got you can't not talk about skirt skiing if you're talking about terminus right with nissa losing her clothing throughout the episode and uh-huh. i did know I, I just one person on tiktok was like well that's that's outrageous whoever came up with that should have been fired uh not noticing that the actual tiktok itself was about the fact that it was right as a self sarah sutton <laughs> uh, who decided as a farewell thank you to the male fans who had been writing in to uh, yeah. gradually shed her clothing throughout it i'm still not sure if she actually suggested it and put they put that in the script or she just kind of decided to go with it <laughs> and not say anything about it. Well, either way she claims no judgment either way yeah. it's just infamous good times yes. but uh actually what had a lot of discussion in it was the video about the tardis scenes right. which there was a great comment on the pod last time or about that time when like you said there are just a lot of these TARDIS life scenes in that era of yeah, We see of so many rooms in this yeah. one, um, especially, but yeah, other, other areas of Davison as well. So we have a comment of the week. Yeah, so as everyone knows, Terminus mm-hmm. is an episode that actually explains uh, one of the times that's explained in the Doctor Universe how the universe was created, right? Yeah. And um, we had a comment that speaks to exactly that. So the comment comes from a gentleman named Simon Neil Scott, Simon Neil Scott. He's got three first names. Mm. And I am curious, how many times has who now shown the end of the universe? The newest era, I'm certain, at least twice, with Tenet and Capaldi. And I wanted to throw that, have this comment featured because I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to put it out there to the fans. How many times has who shown the end of the universe? Well, actually shown the end of the universe? Zero. Well, or, or talked about it. You know, I right. mean, there's or being zero. a threat. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, does, do you think Sound of Drums counts or like, you because that was kind of like the far future. Right. It wasn't the end of the universe, though. It was just kind of like everything had kind of burnt out. And, Everything's burnt out and yeah. it's just the last remnants of humanity. They've, they've gone there a lot, yeah. I would say. There's a lot of, you know, fast forwarding to the end of the universe. Yeah. Or the end of, end of, you know, civilization or, um, but I mean, yeah, there was Capaldi. 
Capaldi, I felt like, did it the most, right? Because there was like the time when the Danny Pink's descendant accidentally time jumps to the end of the universe. And listen, yes. And then there's Maisie Williams, who ends up at the end of the universe as well. That's right, the ruins of Gallifrey. Like the hybrid. In two years in a row. And then Tenet, I think he's referring to Seven Rooms. Am I wrong about that? That that could be it, yeah. That that could be a reference to the end of the universe and Utopia. Um, I don't know. I when I think end of the universe, I always go to to Douglas Adams and the restaurant at the end. Of the oh universe, yeah, which is so far as I know the only you know media right. Doctor Who related or otherwise to to actually show the the big the yeah. big explode the big crunch the big the big whatever, crunch, which isn't actually going to happen. There was, but that's a whole other thing. So to nerd out a little bit, I did read some of the novels, yeah. and one of them I I think it's called the Infinity Doctors. <clears throat> actually goes to the end of the universe or again, close to it. And it, the, the it, it gets very sort of, you know, high minded sci-fi at one point where they talk about how there's this thing called the needle, mm-hmm. which is sticking out of a black hole. And it's kind of like the, the tip of the needle that's, that's outside of the black hole is kind of like where the last bit of civilization is. Cause huh. the black hole is just, I think sucking everything in and right. it's about to be the big crunch. And it's literally like a few minutes away from, you know, whatever. Uh, I think it's a few. I don't know exact timely, but it's it's very close to when the crunch actually happens. So that sounds great. Yeah, just the title, Infinity Doctors. I'm in. Yeah, Infinity Doctors is interesting. It's very. Uh, we're not here to talk about that, but it is a very controversial in the sense that it it um, consciously does not fit the continuity. Mm, okay. You know, or or rather fits all the continuities. I think if the, uh, what the, it was, I think the author was kind of, it was, uh, I think it was Lance Parkin. and he, he was right. challenging himself and kind of like trying to do a unique Dr. Who story about Gallifrey that incorporates all the aspects of it, which again, which means it makes no sense and you, it's impossible to place. Curious and curious. Yeah. I'm, I'm sold. It's worth a read. Yeah. And okay. by the way, Oh, just to, it actually contradicts the thing we talked about last week, which temporal grace Yes. Not being a thing. This is actually the one time in all of Doctor Who I've seen it beyond besides the Hand of Fear, yeah. where Temple Grace actually works. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, so from needles stitching together yeah. the last of the universe to to Stitcher to Stitcher, we're on Stitcher. Did that? You did it, man. Yep. So uh, always more ways to do the podcast. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Straight Stitcher. Excuse me, Breaker. Uh, Reason.fm, that's a new one. Anyway, there's more ways to find us in more places. So wherever you you or your friend you are sharing the podcast with. That's right. Or oh, your enemy. <clears throat> yeah. Wherever they're on, I'm sure you can get them on board the pull to open time space machine. <laughs> um, and we're all, of course, we're on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're uploading every week. We're going to be getting season two up there at some point. Uh, keep following us there. Another great way to binge. Plus, we're getting all our TikTok videos up there as well. And there's different discussion happening on YouTube. So that's, that's very that. exciting. Season two, in, in case you don't know, is, is when we started the randomizer. Yes. We installed the randomizer. Prior to that, we were, we were much more deliberate. Yeah. Journeying. Uh, but I think this, this is much more fun. No, we have to, we had to evade the black guardian at the end <laughs> of season one. So. Oh my God. Do we yeah. have to evade black guardian stories? Um, so, yes. um, Chris, we have other business oh boy. and that is <laughs> a question yeah. that might end up being an ongoing question. I don't yeah. know because, I'm wondering, have you seen Legend of the Sea Devils yet? I have not seen mm. Legend of the Sea Devils yet. It's been a bit of a busy week for me with with travel, yeah. but also I, I kind of like to to store it up. Yeah, you know, I mean, we don't. We, do we know when we're getting the next special? 
Oh, actually, I don't think they've announced it. I, yeah. I kind of has been assuming towards the end of the year, like because right. they always do a Christmas special or a New Year's special. So I wonder if they're going to kick it to that mm. that schedule. So it's like we won't see the next the Jody Whittaker departure episode until like December thirty first. So the next one is the last the last of Jody's. Yes. 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 I was a little confused with that too. I wasn't sure if there was another special in between because I was kind of going by the tenant template where he had a mm. few, like he had Waters of Mars, he had Planet of the Dead before, and then he had two parts. Oh, actually, he had three if you think about the next Doctor. Right. Well, yeah, right. Waters of Mars, next Doctor, Planet uh, of the Dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I might. I might actually save it. You know, just somewhere along the line, mm. uh, perhaps on international talk like a pirate day, <laughs> might be an appropriate time to watch. Uh, a pirate drama. So that's a thing. I think it's also <laughs> it is a thing. R. Yes, I think that's how you talk. Like well, that's pirate. what I was trying to think. Is it? There's no month called R. R. <laughs> month without R in it. Um, yeah, perhaps it's also because I'm watching um, Our Flag Means Death. Oh, have you seen this? No, I don't know what that HBO is. HBO Max. It's uh, Taika Waititi uh, doing a, a pirate comedy, uh, mm. and he plays Blackbeard, and it's it's just it's fantastic. Very very funny. Wow, another Highly reason to get an HBO Max subscription besides <laughs> the complete canon of New Who. Yes. Uh, so yeah, uh, maybe maybe I need that to be in the rearview mirror before I see this, which I'm I'm getting from. I tried to avoid mm. reviews, but I get the sense that it's like not the best. Yeah. Have you gotten Cena more spoilers? Show. No, I haven't. You've managed I mean, to avoid it. Okay, I think yeah. you're out of. I think you're in the clear now. Yeah. Because it's been like a couple of weeks now, and so if you if you miss spoilers in that first rush of excitement yeah. after seeing the show and seeing the trailer for the next thing i think you're you're mostly in the clear so we'll see and you know what if you see spoilers after a few weeks that means it's like still resonating in people's heads and it was actually a good episode so yeah yeah so that would be great i would love that to be the case doesn't sound like it is <laughs> yeah but we've we've taken care of business have it's we? time oh no it's time <laughs> it's time we start each re review of uh, a particular random episode right. that we go to yeah, with a recap and the recap we call TLDW too long uh, Doctor Who or too long didn't watch or in this case too long couldn't watch okay. until 2016 I'm just going to say right now yeah. that I'm I'm getting like uh, this is a, an unusual handicap here yeah. because like I'm now in the same room as you yes. so I'm getting actual like IRL judgment yes. as I'm doing the, <laughs> the TLDW and it's all right. I will not I'm not in my usual my spot. I'm not, this is just, it just feels really weird. So I've also, it's also a six parter. Yes. <laughs> so I've got too much time. We've got too much time. So we, simultaneously we, too much and not enough really. The way we structure it is 30 seconds per classic episode. So you will have a grand total of three <sighs> minutes. Oh my God. Yes. To okay. explain the power of the ducks. But yes, I'm also actually here to, to ensure in person that you have closed all your tabs. Yeah, well, I can actually just do that. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Doing it live. Yep. Doing it live. There's, I can confirm there's nothing on your screen. <laughs> yeah. uh, except us. It's kind yes. of weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's like, a, yeah, the Daleks might help yeah. uh, in the all background. Right. All right, but, well, I expect, uh, oh my God. Okay. It's yes. so funny because I watched this episode this throughout the week. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't seen the first episode since like Monday or something. And so now I'm like, do I, I barely remember? I'm not sure if I remember what happened. Okay, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Enough <laughs> with the excuses, Paschal. Just get in this. Let's do it. All right, we've got time while I load up my stopwatch. Right. Yep. And uh, we're, we're resetting that. So you have three minutes 
to mm. summarize the entirety of the power of the Daleks, okay. starting now. Okay, so we have the TARDIS. Uh, we're on the TARDIS with Ben and Polly and the second Doctor. The Doctor is just regenerated into Patrick Troughton and they're kind of trying to figure out, is this really the Doctor? Is he not? There's a lot of back and forth about that. But then the TARDIS ends up materializing on this planet. It's called Vulcan. It's actually a human colony that's been there um, for not that long. But they've, um, well, the Doctor and, and Polly and Ben get there. Um, before they get there, this guy who is outside gets killed. Uh, he ends up being the what's called the examiner. He's kind of a judge or adjudicator or someone just to kind of like investigate what's going on in the colony. Um, the doctor ends up taking his credentials. Everyone assumes he's the examiner and they come there. They meet the scientist called Lesterson, who's actually, he's there and he's, he's, he's found a capsule or they, they, they've taken a capsule that they found in what's called a mercury swamp or whatever out there. And it's in his lab. And what's inside as they open it up is the Daleks. There's actually dormant Daleks in there. Lesterson is, uh, wants to reactivate them because he sees them as this great, uh, helpful race that could help them do things the Daleks play into that they call say they keep saying that they're servants and that they want to serve humans but the doctor insists that they're super dangerous because he knows the Daleks and he knows they're going to kill everybody if they get the chance but uh, the doctor's dismissed uh there's a lot of politics going on at this colony too there's this guy named Bregan who wants to conquer basically wants to rule it so he engineers this whole uh political uh revolution almost with these rebels to take over and install him in power. And he sees the Daleks as a means to an end to that. So he was very interested in the Daleks. His plan actually uh, works uh, through some manipulation and the help of the Daleks. He becomes the governor. Uh, He starts executing people. Uh, Meanwhile, the doctor, Ben and Polly are at times imprisoned, dismissed. They're really fairly ineffective at, at getting the Daleks to uh, getting the people to turn against the Daleks. So Lesterson, uh, even though he's a big fan of the Daleks, slowly he decides, he realizes they're, they're evil. So he kind of loses it. Um, but he helps the doctor and Ben and Polly, uh, get free. So does this other guy named Quinn and these other people who are against Bregan. So they work together to help the doctor, um, overload the Daleks power systems. They're still dependent on static electricity, just like they were in the first Dalek episode. So they over the doctor, uh, manages to do that. All the Daleks, uh, blow up after a big pitched battle with the rebels, um, Bregan, uh, after killing the, the governor and almost everyone else, uh, gets shot by someone he was intending to kill. And, um, the, the, the Daleks now blown up are, uh, dormant. The doctor leaves so that uh, the people on Vulcan can now just sort of get rid of them. And they, he takes off with Ben and Polly while one, Dalek eye stock rises up. Wow. Good job. Yeah. Cue applause. Oh my God. That was great. I I, nailed it. I think I managed to avoid some of the rabbit holes and like back and forth in the first few episodes or the middle episodes because there's a lot of we're going from the governor's office to the lab and back and forth and inside the Dalek thing. Um, But oh, you know what I didn't uh, mention? Here's I didn't actually mention the Daleks started there were a limited number and they started reproducing themselves. Right. That, I did miss that part, which was kind of an epic part. And of they it, were but. missing the yeah. extermination arm. Right, is, right, right. Uh, yeah. You also, I don't think you mentioned uh, Janley. Janley. Yeah. She's sort of the femme fatale of all this. Yeah. She's kind of like the but lady mixed I, I would, I would concur with that leaving her out because it's so confusing. Hmm. She changes sides about 15 times in all of right. this. Right. And she's pretty ruthless. She is. Throughout. 
Um, a great character, but kind of, you know, in, in plot terms, she's just sort of there to, to mess stuff up and not really, you know, and then gets killed. Yeah. You know, uh, the consequence of actress. Or is it, there is that nice scene where, uh, who is it? Uh, Valmar. I oh, think, yeah. Says to her, says after, uh, after she's killed, after Jan Lee is killed, like he, she was, she was okay. Or she, he says something like she was all right. She was actually yeah. good. There were good things about her, which is emblematic. I think of the way that this story and the reason this story is, is well-remembered a lot of reasons why it's well-remembered, but one of them is there's this, a lot of nuance in the mm. human characters and then uh, they're not very likable. No, no, very few are. Yeah. Um, Lester's in a little bit. He's a, it's a good performance. Yeah. And um, well, full disclosure, like we, because this is a missing episode. So we, yes. we obviously we watched the animated version. Yes. Um, so just to be clear, there, there are several animated versions. Mm. Uh, there, there was the uh, 2016 one that was released in theaters. Right. And then they, which did, we like, both saw, in the which theater. we both saw in the theater uh, in December, 2016, not a very, not a very happy time. And, uh, kind of a, a, appropriately gloomy story mm-hmm. for November. Well, and as, as you said, I couldn't remember, but the um, theater version was the black and white yes. um, animated version. And there is a color one, if you there get the DVD. There is a color one, which I yeah. only discovered today. Yeah, yeah. So I watched the color one. Um, I thought it was great. I mean, yeah. I, like, it's really good to see like the original Daleks and their color scheme, like with the blue. Mm-hmm. Um the thing you lose in the animations, of course, is like the act, obviously the actors and their facial expressions and the way yeah. Doctor Who animates their episodes. It's a little along the lines of, say, like Star Trek, the animated series. Yes. Um, which I think is fine. I mean, I, I actually kind of like that style for this kind of thing. But you don't, um, you know, you obviously don't you lose the facial expressions and the nuance of a performance. A which little is bit. so frustrating because here we have Patrick Troughton's first performance yeah. in The Doctor. And the few precious few clips that have remained intact, you can sort of see. You know, first of all, it's the thing you always say at the beginning of a new Doctor's run when you when you go back and watch it again. Oh, they look so young, right? Yeah, he, he looks really young, and he's still figuring it out. Yeah, this is very much a story for him to figure out what his Doctor is going to be. Mm. Uh, in, in the absence of anyone ever having done this before. Yeah, yeah. Which is why Power of the Daleks is so extraordinary. We we should talk a little bit about why it's missing. Yeah, yeah. So um, just to kind of quickly close the book mm-hmm. on the character stuff you were talking yeah. about, like the unlikability of, of various folks. I thought that was true. I also thought all the characters were, were fairly distinct. Like I, I thought it was kind of ironic they all had name tags. Yes. <laughs> because, and I, I get this is probably like a 60s thing and there's it's a six episode serial so it's kind of hard to keep track but i actually thought they were so well written like i didn't need them like mm. i kind of knew who janley was about i also you know lesterson who's this idealist who's kind of a little bit of a loon bag uh bragan uh i think he's he's probably a little bit bland uh, on, on the sort of evil you know yeah dictator scale but he's sort of supposed mm. to be a thug right uh, and yeah. you know, with ambitions, it doesn't necessarily come across. Yeah, I think I think it's he's fine. He's probably the only one where I'm kind of like, oh, is he really that different from Quinn? They're both sort of shouty types, even though they're mm. they hate each other and want to take down each other. Um, like the nuances of like where they're at. I mean, I don't know. Like there there wasn't there wasn't a lot there. So and there are a lot of characters, but generally, I thought you know, like I don't need the name tags, right? Like mm. I mean, I can tell who's who. Even a guy like Valmar, maybe maybe him and a couple others, you might need him. But 
um, and, cer- and certainly the governor, like he was, he's so distinctive. It's like, yes. um, what's his name? Hansel. Hansel. Yeah. Yes. So, um, so that, you know, like I say, the, the, the characters are all very good. They're, and you're right. They all have all pretty unlikable. Um, and yet we care for some reason. We care about their stupid little political squabbles. Yeah. They, there's a rebellion going on, but it's sort of like, this is an interesting example of what we've talked about for a few episodes now of Doctor Who dream logic. Yeah. Like the rebellion is sort of going on out in the open. Yeah, yeah. In this in this Vulcan colony, and it's like they they choose some very bad uh, code <laughs> to right. uh, to to communicate their meetings. Like you, you just take the capital letters in one sign on a notice board. Right, right. Bizarre. That's like the, the Boy Scouts taught him that one, I think. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little weird. They're they're just kind of meeting in meeting rooms, yeah. like they're a club or the Shriners or something. Yeah. Like, and everyone seems to know about them. Like, it's a yeah. rebellion that's out in the open that the government yeah. isn't really doing anything about. Just kind of shrugging, and it's yeah. so out in the open that Janley has been able to infiltrate it. Yeah, and so I'm not even sure if there really is a like. Do we ever see any actual rebels who are genuinely into it? Right. It's, it's well, I mean, this is the thing about, you know, this is 60s Doctor Who, mm-hmm. but why I think the script's pretty effective. Uh, you don't see it. You It would be hard to depict a lot of this, like the, the colony itself. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, it's basically just talked about. Like a lot of like what this is, that what's going on here is just there's dialogue that just describes it, um, which in New Who they would have found a way to realize it better. Um, so it depends a lot on that. But the... Um, I felt like it was it was good world building, you yeah. know. Like I kind of thought, found like building. like Vulcan was a real place. I kind of had yeah. that in my head. So David Whitaker is the writer, and he he definitely deserves praise for a lot of the nuance in the script, but also the very sort of light touch with world building. And mm. I, I think there's a great example of that when we hear that the governor uh, Hensel has has gone uh, on a you know a I guess a goodwill tour of the yeah. of the uh, perimeter of the colony. Right, and you're like, why are you doing that? Because don't you see that the second in command you've just appointed is a power right. mad, you know, Nazi basically yeah. who starts <laughs> dressing in a black uniform. You know, another connection with Genesis of the Daleks. We'll totally, talk about that. totally. Um, and uh, but you believe it because later on you get a line of dialogue where it talks about how all the miners live on their mm. periphery, and like that's Hensel's base of support. Yeah, and it's only two lines of dialogue. But it really does that thing that we talk about a lot in on the show of like just throw in one line of dialogue, right? And 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 cover that, you know, that that concern. Yeah. And there's a lot of that. There's there's one that in particular that I like that covers up the fact that you basically only ever see three Daleks. Yeah. Again, true. same as Genesis the Daleks. You only ever see three Daleks in that, right? Um, and and there's a line where the Daleks are telling each other, like, make sure you only patrol in group of groups of right, three. Right. So it kind of you know cuts then our yeah. numbers down apparently you know it they fools everyone know, it fools everyone that, yeah. we're not they don't building know that we're yeah. reproducing yeah I thought the um the, exactly with all this the little sort of little throwaway bits where, to build the world and describe the politics of this place and I think they're very selective about what they said and what they didn't. Cause you never actually get a good sense of the scale of this place. Like what's the yeah. population of Vulcan? Like they never say, right? Like, is it a hundred? Is it 10,000? Mm. Yeah. It's probably somewhere in between those, but you kind of get like, you know, you can kind of get your own head cannon going on there. I, Cause you don't need it. You just kind of like uh, any, any number would zero in on something and someone would specify why that couldn't be the case. I also like the whole idea that an earth colony isn't just this one note place 
we're all just miners or we're all doing whatever. Like it's clearly, it's fairly new, but it's also been there long enough to have its own politics, to have sort of um, a thing that are uh, routines and things that are questioned and uh, a power structure. Mm. Um, so I thought that was good color, not just for this episode, but for like the Doctor Who universe in general of like, oh, okay. So Earth colonies become these interesting places yes. at some point in the future. Which we should is also cool. specify that, that Vulcan, the, the choice of Vulcan mm. appears to be independent of, of Star Trek. Right. Which was on TV around about the same time, mm. 1966, it started. And I believe that uh, Mr. Spock's uh, home planet was definitely, it was, was called something other than Vulcan. Uh, I can't remember. It was like Vulcan, question. Vulcan Eye. Or, you yeah. know, and then I'm sure someone knows Vulcan. who's listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, but they just came up with it at the same time. Well, I think, wasn't there some theory about a 10th planet, like not the 10th planet, but like there was another planet in the solar system that might be on the opposite side of the sun or something. Oh, yeah. And wasn't like in science that is, and they, they kind of called it Vulcan. And so that's, again, I, there's nothing explicit here. So I'm glad they didn't spell it out because that mm. would be absurd to, 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 for this to be set in the solar system. Yes. But I think they were kind of betting maybe maybe if that turns out to be true, this could conceivably be like in the solar system or but obviously you know, but if it's not, well, you know, we can just throw it in some unspecified place in some unspecified future. Yeah. Uh which kind of ended up. And also not explicit, uh, but I think mentioned in one of the trailers is this is supposed to be set in the year 2020. Right. Well that's it's supposed to be. So I'm really glad this is never set on screen. Because yes. I don't know why. There's these, you know, chronologies of Doctor Who. I've mentioned uh, a history, which is uh, one of the more definitive ones. I don't know why people are are choosing to place this in 2020, which makes no sense given the real world, right? Um, then again, in 1982, Blade Runner told us by 2019 we'd be off-world colonies. Well, so. and we all we all talked we talked about this about 1986 yes. being depicted in the Tenth Planet, yes, uh, with Z bombs and you know bases and you know the World Space Organization or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I don't, since it's not even said in this uh, particular, uh, like, why not just throw it in some unspecified future somewhere? Like, I, I don't see what the problem is with that. Because, you know, I think people fixate on, like, the colonists not recognizing the Daleks. Yes. Right? Which doesn't make sense to put it after the Dalek invasion of Earth. But yes. that gives you a lot of room, right? That could get you all the way to 2164, whenever the, mm. the uh, people have decided that started, right? But I could also say, like, Look, I mean, it's a colony, right? Like, like, and it's clearly been there for a while, and maybe they've gone through a generation or even prior. Like, basically, if it's been generations since the human race has had contact with the Daleks, because we, you know, Journey's End screwed everything up, right? Because now, like, the Daleks invade the Earth in like 2008 or whatever. Yeah. So everyone, theoretically, every human after that year should know what the Daleks are. But if it's been a long time, and you're off world somewhere and, you know, you've gone through a couple generations and you haven't encountered Daleks. Like, why would you, you know, why would, you know, you might look them up sometime when you mm. see one, but you wouldn't just instantly know what they are. Yeah. You'd just be like, what? Pepper pots invaded yeah. us in 2008. That's crazy. Well, it's like Thank seeing years. like a uniform from an army 300 years ago for us and instantly recognizing, oh, that's a, I don't know. The, the Turks or the yeah. Ottoman Empire. Like, how would I know? Like, I'm not a scholar of history, even though that was a really important empire from 100 years ago, you know? Like, you know, speaking of the Turks, that's a, actually a really great segue to talking about Patrick Cratton in this hmm. because he does brandish Saladin's oh, yeah, sword at one point, which is interesting because here we have 
I think this may be another reason why the randomizer brought us here, because the randomizer also spent a little time with Colin Baker, mm -hmm. who is famous for being a doctor who was deliberately unlikable right. at the start of his regeneration. And a lot of people have pointed to Power of the Daleks and the way that the doctor appears uh, at the beginning of Troughton's era uh, as, as sort of a template for that. But it's not really. Right. Right. Colin Baker is unlikable to the point of strangling Perry <laughs> yeah. in his first outing. The worst thing that Patrick Trouton does, apart from maybe brand for branding that sort, but it's clearly non threatening. Right. Uh, is play that damn recorder. Yeah. <laughs> so much. Like a kid, like a little kid wanting to annoy you. He's he's the musical doctor from the start, and he does the little thing with the water glasses. Yes. Which is super annoying. Uh, but that was all obviously a, a thing to get out of the cells, which was okay. That's clever. That was crazy like a fox. Yes. Yeah. I feel like he's clearly figuring himself out a little bit. I think the script's figuring himself out a little bit. I think it's appropriate for a newly regenerated doctor to be like perhaps a little more enigmatic, but I mm. feel like it's unnecessarily. So there's, there's at least a few times where he's asked something or, you know, it's, it's his turn to talk. And he just says nothing or, yeah. or tweets something on the recorder. And it's like, okay, moving on. You know, like <laughs> Which is why it's such a shame that we don't have the facial acting of, of right. Patrick Trout from this. It's so frustrating. I would just so love to see that. Yeah. Um, you but, probably but, get a different meaning from it. Because, yeah, like I think to your point, the mm -hmm. animation, you're kind of like, okay, well, I, it, it's frustrating. Whereas yeah. I think if you saw the actual footage – and you saw a little more of a wink in his eye and a little mm. more through his body language, that would have been, you know, oh, I get what he's trying to, to say or not say here. And there's so much room for stuff that you don't see in the animation. Like, when when does he put on that the weird hat? Yeah, when does he, yeah. you know, uh, he's walking along reading the 500-year diary as he steps over these mercury ponds. You know, how, how does that work? But let's talk a, bit, a little bit about the regeneration sure. itself that yeah. opens the episode. Uh, so first of all, they don't call it regeneration, right? It is called renewal. It's never called regeneration until Planet of the Spiders. Yes. Yes. That's right. So we go through three, re uh, two renewals, right. uh, Troughton and Pertwee. I think, uh, I think technically in the war games, it just say they, he's changing appearance again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but he does, his clothes do change right. <laughs> with him. It's the only time that happens in a regeneration. <laughs> Right, and it's not, you sort of get away with it because his costume is similar enough to Hartnell's. Yeah, it's a bit similar, just like the pants are more baggy. Right, and uh, he's got a bow tie. And is it is it does, did Hartnell have the same checkered pants? It's just they're a different size now. Yeah, I think, I think that's that's what's yeah. happened. Which is weird because they pay attention to the ring. They pay attention to the ring. Yeah, which is so the, there's one point at which the ring slips off his finger. Right, and I'd forgotten about this. This is the first time I'm watching this post. Twice upon a time, mm -hmm. where that's the last thing, one of the last things that happens to Capaldi. Right, that's true. Yeah. Now I remember that, yeah, because his ring falls off, and then because obviously he's he's in a smaller body now. He yes, and it's and of course behind the scenes, Capaldi wanted that ring on because he wanted his uh, wedding ring to be worn throughout his mm. run, and made sense for it to be. I think it was sort of mocked up to look like it could have been Rivers, right? Right, like right. A, a space ring, uh, but that was the idea, and then makes sense that he would he would lose it, uh, just as Matt Smith shed his bow tie. But doesn't he like his last um, change his coat or something in the first episode? Like he does something. It's not just grabbing the hat, as I sort of recall. Didn't he do one thing? Like 
Well, he's so he's in the 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 shawl, I right. guess, slash cloak that William Hartnell has crawled back to the TARDIS in. Right, right, right. In Antarctica, or he just takes that off, I guess. Yeah, so he's Got wearing it. that when he's on the floor. So you don't actually. So that actually helps cover up the weirdness of the clothes thing. Got it. Because uh, he's still wearing that. Um, but it's it's fascinating because the the stuff that we never see again. Mm-hmm. There's the the appearance of William Hartnell in the mirror. Right. It's the f- first and only time that's happened. Which doesn't really make sense in any physical way. Yeah. I mean, I think you could easily write it off as just kind of a hallucination in his regeneration stupor. He is clearly hallucinating. You do actually see from the Doctor's mm-hmm. point of view, like Ben and Polly spinning around. Right. You know? uh, and he mentions that the TARDIS is there to help him through this. Well, he goes further than that. I think he says, actually says it's part of the TARDIS. Like he, the dialogue sort of implies the TARDIS is the catalyst here, or it might even power the regeneration. So yeah, we're going over a lot of things that like, they clearly like reworked or um, just forgot about as they, as they went forward. Um, You know, you could reinterpret what he says about the TARDIS as having something to do with say the zero room, Mm -hmm. which is referred to in Castrovalva. Um, there's also like he, re, when he regenerates, it's clearly tied to the TARDIS somehow, which mm. in, it, uh, outside the show is the excuse to give the TARDIS a makeover with yeah. every doctor. <laughs> but you know, th- this is seen most clearly, I think in the end of time when yes. his, his essentially like the TARDIS explodes around him as he regenerates and he loses his no claims bonus. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> but, but Trenton manages to keep his, uh, cause you know, it's just, just light and yeah. then he's just changed. Um, but yeah, it's it's fascinating. There was going to be uh, a mention of other previous right. doctors, which is very interesting in a post timeless child world. Yeah. Uh, in the original script, thinking right. about this in the yeah. original script, and they were going to mention his age. They were going to mention Susan, mm. I believe. He was going to say that he didn't know where Susan was. But but this is really the archetype of the Castrovalva style. You know, the doctors all messed up in right, the first right. story of his run. Uh, you know, so many things that Patrick Crouton kind of, we have to thank him for, for the very existence of Doctor Who, right? If this hadn't worked, uh, you know, if this, this and the power of the darks specifically like hadn't worked, people were tuning in they were going, what, what the hell? Where's, where's Bill Hartnell? Yeah. And Uh, I I think he, he did what this serves as, as well, that the doctors knew and he's not doing so well. I don't know if this is intentional, but it, in my head canon, it serves as <clears throat> kind of an excuse for why the doctor is actually fairly ineffective yes. for most of the episode. Like, I think he's a little unsure of himself and what his role is and how he is supposed to affect these people around him to get them to sort of buy into the Dalek threat. Right. And so yeah. because of that, like the Daleks have a little extra room to expand and um, affect their plan. Um, because the doctor's, you know, he's just, he's not at his best. Yeah. He's, and, and it's, that sort of gives him cover, right? At the end yeah. of the episode is like, did, did I do that? Did I, did I, mm-hmm. uh, cause all this destruction? And it's yeah, kind like, of get out of jail free card for the ethical implications. The fact that most of the colony is destroyed in, right. in the destruction of the Daleks and the doctor kind of had a hand in that argue that's a, a trolley problem kind of situation. Yeah. And he didn't ever really specify if people died. Uh, I guess the implication is some did, but the they certainly what's his name Balmar complains yeah. about the, all the power being destroyed and they have to start from scratch. Which I thought, dude, you're a whiner. Yeah. What you the doctor just <laughs> saved your ass. He destroyed all the Daleks because you guys are dumb. Yeah, 
and now you're whining at him that he broke some things, you know, like, yeah, just, you know, get, get the power turned back on, get, yeah. get a few solar panels, set up their own Vulcan. Exactly. Uh, speaking of the technology, mm-hmm. I feel like we, we kind of have to uh, talk a little bit about the kind of a weird technology situation in this, in this episode for a number of reasons. Okay. Uh, first of all, by the way, in the animated episode, and if you notice the, the appearance of magpie, Electricals. I didn't. I, I, I had to read about it later, yeah. and I was going to. Uh, I did get around to reviewing it again, but I, I assume it's there. The, you saw the, it? Yes, I saw it. And it's, it's sort of. It, they do a few interesting things like that, like Bad Wolf is on the notice board. Right. Um, and it, it kind of begs the question of like, there have been a, multiple special editions of this. Mm. It's chopped and changed. It's gone a bit Star Wars special edition, right? Sure, yeah. Adding stuff in. They also took stuff out. They took uh, the Doctor's jig. Doctor does huh. a jig when he uh, plays the recorder the first time. Okay. Oh, and that yeah. That is not in the uh, the latest version. Yeah, I sort of vaguely remember that. But in, and in, it's because I think the maybe the theatrical just, one. Yeah, yeah, the animation was just so bad. Yeah, it was just stupid. He's yeah. kind of like just moving around. He's a bit. bopping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also the technology, uh, again, to, to bring us back to Genesis of the Daleks, when the super impressive thing that Davros had done was to, you know, uh, voice command Daleks. Right. Uh, and everyone was like, ooh, voice command. Exactly the same thing happens here. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, uh, Lesson brings... Lesson is kind of a proto-Davros, except without the megalomania. Well, it's funny. I, I thought between him and Bregan, yeah. you kind of have a Davros. And Bregan kind of becomes more of the Davros um, cipher later because he's clearly in this for his own power. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't even care about the rebels. You know, like he once he was never really a part of them in terms of believing in whatever cause they had. He just saw them as a means to an end, yeah. which I feel like that's very Davros, right? That's yes. You know, I, I don't care about this war between the Thals and the the Khalids anymore. I just want power. Yeah, and the Daleks are to get that for me. And and less than he even says at one point, like I I created you. I I right. Doesn't say I created. Yeah. I gave you life, and then yeah. kill him. Uh, that's very Davrosian. Well, and that's a, such a Dalek thing yeah. too. Like the Daleks are always <laughs> yeah. like, that's, yeah. that's nothing to us or actually it kind of really annoys us. And we're just yeah. going to kill you. Cause he, yeah. they killed Davros. They killed, uh, Lesterson here. And it actually got a lot of vibes from this episode in parallel. They get the, like echoes in victory of the Daleks, the Matt mm. Smith episode, mm-hmm. because very similarly, they're trying to be all nice. And instead of, I am your servant, they say, I am your soldier. Mm. And, and they have a creator, ostensibly, in that episode, uh, Bracewell. Yeah. And there's yet another scene where Bracewell's begging, like, I created you, I created you. And they just shoot, they don't kill him, but they shoot his hand off. Right. But it's a great, uh, there's actually a great line in that one where uh, we'll do it when we get there. But I, I have to say it just because yeah. I love it, because it's like, you know, I created you, and the Daleks shoot his hand off. Like, no, we created you. Mm. That was such a good. That's such a good line of victory. I of love Daleks. it. I love it. I, I really want this to uh, recur throughout Who yeah. history, and the next time they do it, I want the Daleks to say, "Whatever, you're not my dad. <laughs> you're not my real dad." Uh, yeah, I so hate it here. Good echoes here. Um, <laughs> one thing, another echo, uh, which I really like. I really love that old creepy Dalek music. So yeah. they they reused music from the Daleks and the Daleks master plan. Um, and I, I think it's great. Like the, the mm-hmm. it's, it's like that, uh, it's almost like a noise, right? It's just this sort of bass tone that sounds ominous. And then 
there's almost a sound of scraping metal almost, it sounds like, at, at mm. sort of regular intervals. I always found that super creepy as a kid. If you turn down the lights and you're mm. watching one of these old Dalek episodes, like it's it's such a suspenseful thing because it's, it's such a slow thing too, right? I, I just really like it. I think it's something you could even not re- really reuse it today, but you could reimagine yeah. something like that for a Dalek episode today. I'd love to see, I'd love, I'd love to see them try. It, it is such a slow build. Yeah. And, and that's the great thing about uh, Power of the Daleks, is it just the, the creeping dread. And it's yes. the same creeping dread that you get in Genesis of the Daleks, where it's, uh, and in the New Who episode Dalek, where it's like, we know what this machine is, and right. nobody else does. And there's that, that kind of, again, the dream logic of like, no, don't you see? Um, which yeah. is definitely well, replicated same, here. Same thing with Victory of the Daleks. And yes. in that case, it's funny. It's funny how Ben and Polly buy into the doctor. They haven't met the Daleks, right? This is yes. the first time they do. And so they buy into, like, they trust the doctor, so they go with it. Um, but Polly is surprisingly well-informed mm. as as to the menace of the Daleks by episode five or six, when she's sort of a prisoner and she's trying to convince everyone that they're bad, um, that they they just hate people and just want to kill everything. It's like, that's good, but you only know, she only knows that from the doctor and, she sort of says it like she knows it, like she feels it. Yeah. Um, presumably off screen, the doctor has been talking about all of his adventures with the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Again, perhaps uh, recalling Genesis of the Daleks where he tells Davros everything. Right. Uh, doctor just can't stop talking about his adventures with the Daleks. Yeah. Uh, well, they even have like a little callback early on. Right. So he says, he says extermination in the yeah. first episode because he's, and this is such a weird blink and you miss it moment. Cause it's like, it's apparently the key from the Daleks, yes. but even like uh, as a person who's seen both the episode multiple times, like I, I didn't get it. Yeah. Like I just feel it just feels like he says extermination almost as a sense of foreshadowing. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's weird. He pulls out a piece of metal, and that piece of metal later turns out to fit in the the Dalek ship. Yeah, randomly. Uh, well, but you know, it, it works. Right. It works. It's fine. Um, but it's it is interesting that that uh, you know just to go back to Troughton being. Uh, unusual and, and weird um, through all of this that he uh, you know he he starts off just kind of he's going to this planet randomly he doesn't really know what he's doing um, but also like seeing his old self in the mirror referring to himself in the third person and then the first thing he does is steal another man's identity right which yeah. is such a wonderful meta reference yeah, right, yeah. to Patrick Troughton coming in on this show. And he yeah, was so, yeah. he was, so, I don't know if you, you read this, that they, on the, their first rehearsal, uh, the, the actors playing Ben and Polly, uh, you know, Michael Craze and uh, Annika Wills were, uh, they, they wore t-shirts. That said, oh yeah. Come I read back, about this. Bill Hartnell, all is forgiven. Patrick Troughton was not happy. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird joke, i got to say. I'm, I'm a little bit on Pat Troughton's side. Yeah. It's a little, it's not very tasteful, especially that's, with a new guy. It's very British. Yeah. It's sort of, you know, snarky, kind of, you know, we're, we're not, it's all a good fun, but we're actually, you know, putting you down. <laughs> but they, they, got, they got past that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they, they, they got over it. But, but yeah, I love that, that fact that he, he steals the examiner's badge or takes the examiner's mm-hmm. badge. Button his place head. but yeah, he's he spends the whole episode or the whole story, most of the story, impersonating the inspector, yeah, the earth inspector, uh, which is a common MO for him, yeah, turned out to be like, especially Pertwee. Like, yeah. I remember when he went to like a Curse of Peladon, he was like impersonating the earth ambassador, earth ambassador. 
even the master does this sometimes. Yes. Like there was like the, the idea of a, you know, investigator essentially coming and impersonating them. The master does this in colony in space, mm-hmm. you know, he's like the adjudicator or whatever. So it's like, this is sort of standard time Lord infiltration stuff, right? Like you, you're all, you, you, you're so knowledgeable. You're the guy in charge. Usually if you're a time yeah. Lord. So it's like, it's, you just pick the person who has the most authority and impersonate them. <laughs> it's it's the kind of thing that doesn't age well, and I think it's the the the, huh. the reason that psychic paper is now so necessary to right. be able to do that is because in in a world where you can sort of instantly verify someone's ID or right. just you know look them up on Space Facebook. Hey, wait a minute, you're not the right. You're not the guy we were expecting. We got a photo of him right here. Uh, you know, you couldn't get away with that. It's it's a very sort of old school twentieth century way of thinking. Yeah, that's uh, true. Similarly, like the fact that they, the Daleks uh, tell Lesson that they can build a computer that can predict with 100% accuracy right. when there's going to be a meteor storm. And he's like, 100%? We can only do 70. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is kind of a thing where, we're, again, we're kind of over that, past that, like with voice activation. It's like, yeah, what's what's the big deal? 100% accuracy. Dude, I invented a prediction. meteor storm machine with 110% accuracy <laughs> last night. <laughs> So. But it's also like the computers have a lot of levers, which yeah. the Daleks can push and pull. They would have been screwed if it was a keypad. Yeah, I got to say, when they talk about like the Daleks, these would be great slaves, essentially, for us. Yeah. And like, well, well, they could help in the mines. And I'm so, like, I kind of want someone to just say, seriously, look at this thing. What's it going to do in a mine? How are you even going to get it down there? Like, what are you talking about, Lesterson? Yes. And then you kind of see them later. They're they're taking the cables. And they're sort of draped over the the arm, and when when you actually have to physically see the Daleks doing something laborious, you, it, it sort of ruins the illusion a bit, right? So, yeah. I think they rightly sort of moved away from that. And all the things the Daleks do is mostly implied. There yeah. are times where they've kind of done better with sort of like that sucker arm, and I think the the new series has done a bit of that. They did some really cool stuff in Remembrance of the Daleks, I remember, because they even had like a little, with the Imperial Daleks, they had a little mm-hmm. notch in the suckers, <laughs> and they, they had these little, uh, the, the where the Dalek switches are, right? They were clearly, you know, made so that, you know, they had more to do than just like touch them, which mm. was kind of cool. But generally, like, Daleks doing physical labor, you kind of just want to avoid it. Yeah, <laughs> and the, the, really the most physical they, thing they do is, is bring water on a tray. Right, right. Another <laughs> Which, another victory of the Daleks parallel, you know, when yeah. you care for some tea. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I always go back to the Daleks, the original Daleks story, mm-hmm. because I cannot get out of my head the time that the Daleks come in uh, when the Doctor and Ian and Barbara and, and Susan are uh, their prisoners, and they they literally Dalek comes in with a tray and he's like, "Would you like some fresh organic vegetables?" <laughs> <laughs> I crack up at that. Like, so I'm like the Daleks were ahead of their time. Fresh organic produce. Wow. Like, yeah, thank you, Dalek. No, okay, no. Thank you for not making it industrially farmed. I'd love to go to the Dalek juice bars. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... So this is, yeah. I believe, the last time, speaking of the Daleks, mm-hmm. um, the last time the Daleks it's shown to be using static electricity, I believe. Yes. It might be mentioned here and there, but in terms of them actually using it, as a to to move this right. is the last time which is kind of weird so that was what they used in the daleks right and and in this and those are the only two times. right exactly and there's a reference to it in the dalek invasion of earth hmm. and they sort of have these discs on their backs in that episode and they sort of 
speculate and point out like, oh, that's probably why they can actually move not on metal because that had been established mm. in the first episode. Um, it's kind of okay. I feel like this script actually does a pretty good job using it as kind of a plot device and, and stretching it just enough that it's believable. Like they yeah. even sort of say like, I mean, it just never really made sense even in the first episode that static electricity could be used in this way. But the doctor kind of mentions that they figured it out and it's some super advanced Dalek science or whatever. And it's like, yeah. okay, fair enough. That's kind of all we need. Mm. So it doesn't yeah. ruin it at all. It's just that it's, it's, a, I, you can sort of, see why they moved away from this just generally. Yeah, were they thinking in the mid-60s that you could power things by static electricity? I mean, of course, we, we think static now, we just think of, you know, tumble dryers. Right. And that's, that's it. Yeah, and just like, you know, sliding your feet on a shag rug yeah. and then shocking yourself by yeah. touching the nearest metal thing. And then perhaps um, electrocuting a laptop uh, uh, if you've got enough static. Yeah, so, so you know, it's a thing. Here's my speculation. This is really, I don't I haven't read this anywhere, but I, I suspect... Early on, there was a there was a much sort of more conscious emphasis on education mm. and trying to like teach kids basic things about science. Yes, and so they mentioned static electricity in the Daleks. It's like, oh, that's that's kind of cool. Kids can learn a little bit about, even though it makes no sense. Right. Well, we'll say that they do this, and then kids could ask, "What's that?" and yeah. learn about it. Hey, kids, you could be powered <sighs> by static electricity too. Put put on your best socks and just run up and down on this carpet. So yeah, so and you know, it's such such a clear weakness. Like he essentially defeats them the same way in this episode, in that he robs them of their power source. Well, actually, he doesn't just rob; them, he overloads it. Uh, which is kind of a, a new twist, and that you know <laughs> leads to a lot of pyrotechnic stuff mm. in the episode six. A lot of wrecked Dalek. Mm. Um, uh, I, I got to say, caseeds. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I'd like. I, it's too bad. It's this isn't a surviving episode. There's a little bit of that clip that exists, but I'd love to see like all the wrecked Daleks and all this stuff blown up and all the stuff on the floor. I mean, there was certainly like a busy day for health and safety on. On, on set that day. <laughs> yeah, seriously. There, there, are, there are a lot of explosions and few bits of that have remained uh, in the in the recordings that people made from their TV at the time. Because apparently people were pointing their little cine cameras at, at the TV right. when Doctor Who was on. But only for five minutes at a time, I guess. Yeah, I don't think, they, I don't think the storage on those was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> quite quite what you get in a yeah. SSD these days. I guess that's what it is. But hey, we should be grateful for what we got, right? Yeah, so the briefly deal with that lineage, right, of the, the fact that the, the original was destroyed sometime right. in the 60s or right. taped over. Yeah, uh, presumably, like late 60s or yes. early 70s. But then there were all these international versions that were right. destroyed, I think, per Terry Nation's request. Like he wanted to limit the amount of Oh, I didn't of hear about that. I, I think there was something in Terry Nation's contract that said that you know you have to you have to send them all back or you have to destroy them after a certain date or like you just didn't want Dalek stuff out there. Right, that's too bad. Controlling, yeah. So maybe Terry Nation's fault, but also like there was one that was wiped uh, as late as 1975. Oh wow! Oh, such a shame. Which, in the context of Genesis of the Daleks, right? Right. Which was broadcast, broadcast that year. That year yeah. yeah. So we. Yeah, imagine you're sitting there watching Genesis of the Daleks, this amazing story. And meanwhile, somewhere in the BBC or some guy's throwing it yeah, in or somewhere in the Singapore, incinerator. Supposedly there's a <laughs> version maybe left in Singapore. Right. So now, there's we, always a maybe a version of something somewhere, <laughs> right? Um yeah, it's just such a shame. I I wish there was at least like you kind of want to believe there was some enthusiast at the BBC who 
hey, if you're going to just wreck that, I'll, I'll I'll throw it in my attic. It's fine. Yeah. No, you don't have to throw it in the junk pile. Yeah, you you uh, would think, but it's sort of it's it's definitely a sign of you know how Doctor Who was was viewed at the time. Yeah. It was just disposable entertainment. Well, not just Doctor Who, a lot mm. of things, yeah. uh, but they just didn't had no conception of like this. Uh, the idea of a franchise was just mm. not even um, thought about, yeah. uh, and that they could sort of make more money off the uh, IP, yeah. you know, which uh, I don't even know of that term. It <laughs> really existed, certainly not in the way it's used today. Yes. Um, so, but the, the Daleks really were the beginning of the the you know sci-fi merch, right? Uh, you know, industry uh, in a lot of ways, and you do see this in Power of the Daleks because there's one scene where where Daleks are coming off the conveyor belt, yeah, the assembly line, the assembly line, and they actually used Dalek toys. For yeah. that. They had to go out and buy a ton of Dalek toys. Yeah, therefore, you know, more money in Terry Nation's pocket. A, a bit of an indictment on the state of Dalek toys because you're just like, wait, why do those look nothing <laughs> like the Daleks that are sort of on the set? And then I got to say, this is one place where the animation is kind of superior yes. in that you do get the Daleks looking the same. They do have these cool little come alive movements as mm. they sort of go through the assembly line and you can do scale right because like when the existing footage that survives you see these blown up posters which were really overused like they had used them before in other dalek episodes but here it's so obvious like it's literally like the daleks have put up posters of themselves like they're doing this you know rabid self-promotion on their own (laughs) ship cardboard cutouts no one else the difference guys but the animation i mean it's great they get like all these dozens you know of daleks that are just Mm. there and they're all like we are the daleks we are the daleks like you definitely get that sense of scale like you know many well this would not be many years before it would actually be after since the animation was done but similar to the end uh like partying of the ways bad wolf like Mm. that cliffhanger where you wanted for the one of the first times the first time actually see a full-on cgi dalek armada yes that's just like you know all screaming exterminate which is like you know we we had waited so many (laughs) decades to see that and you can kind of see it a little bit here and in sort of prototype form and you also sort of get the uh there are a couple of scenes where you get the sad dalek well, oh, yeah. His eye stalk goes down because he's been told to, because they're, yep. they're, they're playing the game of We Are Your Servant. Yep. Uh, and there's some points where they're like, oh, no, you, you power down now, or they take a power off, and the, the eye stalk just goes, mm. yeah. You're like, oh. I do like that moment where it's such a great ominous moment where the doctor tells him to immobilize himself, the Dalek. Mm. And he does. And then the doctor leaves the room and he's just like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, no, yeah. no, because you're my boss. Yeah, it's it, you know it's done very obscure. All the right things. It's like no, you're the smart guy. I want you in charge of me. I don't want that guy yeah. to tell me what to do. Come on. But it's it's so cool. Like it's believable. Like again, because of that dramatic irony where yeah. we know the, the evil of these things, but um, it's it's clearly just. But the, the idea that this thing can think for itself sort of intrigues them and you feel like it should worry them more. Mm. But again, we're biased as the, the the viewers who know uh, what these things really are. Yeah. But again, uh, I got to return to the three laws of robotics and Isaac. Asimov. <laughs> I've mentioned this on Pultoven many times that so many of these situations would be avoided. Yeah. If you just kept the three laws of robotics in mind and you would have uh, machines that they still think of the Daleks as being, because they, sort of, as far as they're concerned, Daleks yeah. are robots. Yeah. Um, Slave robots, yeah. I guess, that they wanted. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, yeah. Well, the, the, just to close. Just think about the three laws of robotics, yeah. especially the fact that they talk about positronic brains. Yeah, I know. That was weird. It's kind of random, wasn't it? Well, that's an Asimov. Term. Yeah, sure. So, 
you know, clearly they're referencing Asimov. If you're going to talk positronic brains, start thinking about how you could. And and they also have the scene where uh, Janley is is like, you know, let's let's test this thing. Let's see if it can actually shoot me. And then right. it doesn't. So they're, they're clearly thinking about this question of like, can these actually harm humans? Right, right, right. So yeah, they've they've been they've been a little bit. Yeah, I suppose that's true. You're right. They 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 are a little worried about it. The Daleks are just brilliantly sort of playing off that and telling them exactly what they want to hear. Just to close the book on the animation, mm-hmm. I really thought the Daleks were like brilliantly animated, not just because of the scale uh, that they could do, but with. They did more with the irises. Now, to to be fair, the original production did some good stuff with the irises. Mm. Um, so they, they thought about it. But you, they, they were constantly doing it in the animation, just continually, like, the, the irises would grow grow, uh, grow and shrink. Yes. And then they would glow the so, whole time. So creepy. As well as, like, I, I caught this. This is really subtle. The, the guns, the Dalek guns, actually mm. rotate in the animated version in a few places, which I thought was really cool. Like just seeing these movements because a Dalek, you know, it moves in a few predictable ways, but I mean, the more they can sort of move and be Dalek-like and show that they're alive, um, which again, the operators are usually pretty brilliant at. And I think they were here in the footage I saw, but the animation, I thought it was like top notch. Like they just look great. Yeah. Anything that can be, you know, computerized like that, the movement of the, Of a, of a Dalek. But also, like, not just look great, but also in keeping with the Daleks of the time, right? Like, mm-hmm. in that they didn't overdo it and turn them into essentially new who Daleks. They were still very much the classic. So, yeah, great stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I do love that that sort of the, the, the machine gun effect of the, oh, yeah. of the gun rotating. And, and, and even, like, when, when the gun, uh, in that scene with Janley, where the, the gun fails to fire, right? it's got, got this kind of menace to it yeah kind of like it's trying hard mm-hmm. to exterminate but it just can't which is good because <laughs> it might have given the game away yeah. <laughs> at that point if it actually had you want to you want to watch it dalek you want to cool to kill too great <laughs> that's that's what yeah. always does them in um yeah so so i feel like yeah. there's a few bits that i could pick at where it's yeah. like <clears throat> there's the bit in episode six at the beginning where the daleks have just started screaming, exterminate all humans, the other ones mm-hmm, in the ship. Mm-hmm. But then the, they encounter some Daleks in the hall and they're like, this is a secure area. You know, you have to leave. I, I don't understand why the Daleks didn't just kill everybody. Yeah. Like, it's... Uh, uh, here's here's my headcanon on this. Yes. To sort of make the excuse, which is that these Daleks in the hall haven't got the order yet. Mm-hmm. So they, they, for whatever reason, it didn't get radioed to them or maybe the Daleks yeah. are just communicating verbally. They're still playing acting. Yeah. So it's like, oh, we're, we're, we're killing now? Oh, okay, great. You yeah. know? <laughs> and then right. we... uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> it is sort of weird to see the Daleks without their, their gun arm. Yeah. Because they are, th- you know, they are literally disarmed uh, throughout yeah. much of this, which is oddly creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's creepy on them not being there. Yeah. To have just the sucker arms. Well, it's, it's cool, yeah. I mean, this is why I think the Daleks work really well when they're written this way, that they are these plotting things yeah. that are very... Um, smart about not just what they want to do and how to get there, but also like the human condition and how humans will respond to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw this like here, see it a lot in Dalek. Obviously, there's mm-hmm. so much of uh, echoes of that in Dalek, where uh, the Daleks talking to Rose and actually talking very human like and mm-hmm. you know mimicking these emotions of uh, you know trying to garner sympathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really diabolical, and you know I, I really like this about 
the Daleks when they're done right. And this is clearly a template for a lot of those further episodes where yeah. you just get this thing of like this thing plotting that, that isn't just a thing that's formidable physically. It's, it's formidable is a, as a, uh, a player on the other side. Yeah. It's, it's, it, and it always reminds me of uh, Davros in the, uh, which is familiar. Yeah. You know, fool, fooling the doctor in the same way that the Daleks are uh, constantly uh, fooling him as, and uh, they do have that, that wonderful line, which all, almost makes you sympathetic to the Daleks. Like, yeah, I'm on your side. When they're, they're mm. like, you know, why do humans kill humans? Yeah. Well, such a great line. Mm. Yeah. Because I do humans kill humans. And I like that because it's, I don't think it's acting, right? Mm. It's really thinking like, you guys are weird. Yeah. You know, like. Curious. Like, with, we exterminate everything else. We don't exterminate our own. Yeah, yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah. And it's just like, what are you doing? And. Uh, what a, what a great line! Like it's just such a good Doctor Who line too, because yeah. it's just so you know simply simple and moralistic, and you know the kids kids can you can just take from that line whatever you want. Oh, I yeah. thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when the Daleks have a greater sense of morality than you do, yeah. uh, or at least greater understanding of it, uh, maybe uh, go back and uh, check where <laughs> you went wrong along yeah, the right. line. Vulcan people. I also liked the line just because it's a cool piece of foreshadowing. We're mm-hmm. going to teach them the law of the Daleks, and you kind of like yes. you need to wonder what that is. This is probably like episode four or five yeah. when they first say it, and then they finally say what it is in episode six. I oh, was just kill everybody. Yeah, you know, like you're wondering about. Oh, okay, we just kill everyone. Kill all humans. Yeah, you know, which Good. is kind of an honest way. Yeah. You know, they. It reminds me of the New Yorker cartoon, <laughs> where it's the the picture of the, uh, the, the the wolf who's running for political office and a bunch of sheep in the field, right. and the and the the banner on the on the uh, billboard says, you know, I will eat you, and the sheep are looking up. Well, well he tells it like it is. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what the we've got. One law. Yes. Just one. Just kill everyone, <laughs> and you know where you stand with us. And even though we're going to pull over the wool over your eyes, you know, it's really what we're all about—just about killing. Yeah. Totally. So uh, one thing about this episode that's unfortunate a little bit for our companions is that there mm. are each one has an episode where they're not in it. Which is weird, and, mm. it, and it kept happening throughout yeah. the, the Hartnell era, right? Uh, and of course, we just uh, chronologically have just come from 10th Planet, where right. Hartnell <laughs> himself was out for right. an episode. But we've also seen it in, was it the Sensorites, where Barbara's out for an episode? Right. And it's just because they, they this was when they had their vacation. Yeah, well, and they were working the show pretty much all year. Yeah, you know, so they had, and the, the show was the time between it being made and it being broadcast was actually really tight. Like, mm. you, you, there were some serials where they were still filming the last episodes when the first episodes were being run, as I understand it. So, yeah, this is just this is just how Doctor Who was made back yeah. then, and you just kind of all right, you took people out. It does again. The unfortunate thing, the doctors aren't super effective in the first few episodes. And Ben and Polly are just constantly imprisoned, yeah. tied up. Polly even becomes a little bit um, classic 60s screamy girl towards the end where yeah. she's kind of just having to break down and they have to sort of take care of her. There are a few um, unfortunate lines yeah. where she's like, I'd like to see you deal with a real man. Like, like right. Ben. Um, and then there's another thing where the doctor kind of is a bit dismissive of Polly when he's talking right. about, to Ben. He's like, Ben's like, what about Polly? And the doctor's like, uh, and the doctor thinks that Ben's referring to this thing, this smart thing that we boys are talking about. Oh, she's very clever, but she's not that clever. Right, you know, right, right. Like that, which that is not a line. Yeah, it's too bad. Too bad about Polly. She's, she's not very well treated. And at mm-hmm. least the ones we've seen so far, 
Um, nothing against Annika Wills, and I'm, you know, she's like I say, I think the performance is very good, and I, I really like that she conveys the menace of the Daleks extremely well, even though, like, from a story standpoint, it doesn't make a ton of sense. So she she's become a big part of the you know the fan circuit, right? She's mm-hmm. she's beloved, and you know. Uh, is is very into the show to the point where she was watching Dalek in, oh. when it when it came out, and immediately called up uh, Rob uh, Rob Sherman, yeah, uh, who has said explicitly that he wrote Dalek because he loved Power of the Daleks so much. So it's if you're thinking that there's a through line between Power of the Daleks and Dalek and New Who that they look very similar and feel very similar, right? And have a very similar vibe. That's deliberate. Yeah, uh, but she got that, and she calls him up, and she gushes about it, yeah. which is like you know a surreal moment for for any Doctor Who fan. Nice, yeah, absolutely. Get some Doctor Who royalty, almost. Well, yeah, not quite royalty in the same yeah. way Lala Ward was, but like she's a, <laughs> not literal war, royalty, you know, a states a stateswoman. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it is. I mean, do you do you think what do you think between this and and Dalek? If you were to put them up against each other. Which is which is the better story? Well, Dalek was so rousing. I mean, yeah. like it's such a it had a lot to do in sort of bringing the Daleks back in the new series and do it in such an interesting way. Um, this one, I think it's it's just because that's so tight and neat. I'd have to go with that one. Mm. This one has some legendary scenes though, like the Dalek assembly line. Um, the the Dal- you know, the 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 slow roll here mm. is beautifully excruciating you know what yes. i mean you're just constantly like ah no. like what is going scientists are so yeah. preoccupied with whether you could it's a different sort of emotional journey um so yeah i, I don't know if you could have dalek without this one but yeah. i think this it dalek stands on the shoulders of this one is how i would put that agreed yeah i think this this is historically more important but i yeah. think dalek is the better story yeah that may be heretical but so that's that's where I stand. I, th- I think also because of the, the opportunity it gives Chris Eccleston yeah. to to act against that Dalek. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Some of the series' all time best scenes for yes. sure. Seriously, and you start to feel the impact of the time war. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, what did you think about the the final sort of horror movie moment where you know they dematerialize and then the Dalek kind of uh, lifts its eye stock? Yeah, this absolutely ruined Dalek that just happens to be sitting outside the TARDIS <laughs> for no reason. Yeah, it's kind of like what they sent one Dalek outside to guard <laughs> yeah. things, I guess. Go, go attack the, t- the TARDIS, <laughs> Dalek. And he just got there when the explosion happens. He's like, oh, for God's sake. You know, yeah. he crumples into himself. And then the eye stalk lifts at the end, which I don't. Do we know whether that was just in the animation or whether it was in the original show? I don't know. Show? I, I suspect it was probably in the original show. Right. But I don't know. I mean, it kind of feels like one of those things that was just sort of shoehorned in there to yeah. say the Daleks will be back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's all we're supposed to read into that. Although yeah. I kind of wouldn't mind a sequel to this episode. I mean, yeah. uh, the colony is interesting enough. And I was looking up, I don't think there was one explicitly. I don't think there was like a new adventure uh, novel or, mm-hmm. or past Doctor novel or a big finish. So, hey guys, step up. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's see Vulcan, you know. 30 years later. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what happened with Valmar. That guy. Look, that guy should be shrunk. <laughs> yeah. That guy did bad things. I don't know why he gets to be free at the end. I know. Why? What did, what did he do that was so yeah. great that he gets to be the new governor, I guess? So, Chris, yeah. we got some uh, some th- questions to answer. Yeah. So, why do you think the randomizer took us here? 
I think it's very clear. I think that uh, the the connection with Genesis uh, is absolutely clear. The connection with Capaldi is mm. clear. And by the way, quick quick detour on that. Um, you know, I've I've talked in the past on Pull to Open about my headcanon about the last person that the Doctor talks to right. before his regeneration influences who he becomes, influences his accent for sure. Uh, now we know we now know <laughs> that the last person that the Hartnell Doctor talked to right. is the, the Doctor, right. is Capaldi's Doctor. Yeah. So is it possible, perhaps, in, in our headcanon, to, to think that Capaldi and his sort of more... He had a sort of more of a whimsical nature okay. in, in Twice Upon yeah. a Time, right? Like a little bit. He's the... He's he's the the funny guy and kind of the, the Hartnell Doctor is the straight man in a lot of those scenes, right? And uh, did that perhaps influence the fact that the, the Doctor comes out of it much more cosmic hobo, much more whimsical? Hmm. He definitely had the wild and, hair, and yeah. yeah. So like, I think I got I should go in this direction because that's why I'm being guided toward. I like that. Yeah. Oh well, this is my future. Okay, I guess. I, no, he guess doesn't I get a Scottish accent. <laughs> he <but> doesn't. <laughs> The second place he goes, it's Scotland. <laughs> so maybe, maybe that. Maybe That's that his works. reason for the Highland. Maybe uh, he was trying to go for Scotland, and he ended up on Vulcan, huh. uh, which would also be a connection to, to Eaters of Light, uh, mm. the most one of the most Scottish stories. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think it's just that the randomizer loves Capaldi, and this is kind of Capaldi adjacent. Yeah, weirdly. All right, I'll I'll, I'll buy your contorting. <laughs> I was I'm actually going to go with my theory, <laughs> which is that it's actually taking us through Dalek stories chronologically. Yes, um, we talked about this when we did Genesis of the Daleks, right? Because I think that you could make a case that this takes place, you know, fair. Like again, the the 2020 year is kind of ridiculous, but in terms of all the stuff, uh, you know, after Genesis, this one could happen in between this and any other story. So like in terms of the Dalek history, so mm. you could even actually place the Daleks after this one, to be honest, you could contort mm. it. Mm-hmm. It's hard because the Dalek, the ones in the Daleks are, do seem primitive compared to these ones. But if you think of them as sort of a vestigial group that sort of just, you know, didn't advance or who were kind of the special Daleks or right. something, you know, <laughs> the that, that were left Daleks. on Scarrow. Yes. I think it could work. So, but this is definitely clearly very early in not just the show, but also in sort of Dalek uh, chronology. So I'm, I'm going with that. Is, isn't there a book or a, or a big finish that uh, explains where this, this ship with the three Daleks came from? Yeah, I think there is. I don't know what the explanation is, but there is there is some explanation for it. Oh, by the way, that is one thing that doesn't quite work because there's like the capsule and they find the capsule in the swamp and they put it in Lesterson's lab. But this thing is big enough to have a whole Dalek factory on it, you know, and it's like, well, what that that must have been a hell of a crane, you know, <laughs> maybe it's a Dalek factory in a box. Yeah. So I feel like unless they built the, the lab around the thing, yeah. you know, maybe that was, but then how did they get it out of the swamp? Uh, that doesn't quite work. The only other thing that might work is if it's like dimensionally transcendental, like their time machine in the chase. Yes. But then you would think that someone would note that. Well, yeah, the, the Daleks might mention, oh, we have traveled through time and here we are. Or, you know, well, but maybe they're just too dumb to know. Maybe yeah. these are the three Daleks that just, you know, the Emperor Dalek sends out on a time mission. Like, you know, just go yeah, go I'll find, find a colony or whatever, guys. Just um, what, what I'm wondering about, about the capsule is uh, where are the spiders? Because the Daleks are covered in cobwebs. 
Ah, right. <laughs> so <laughs> what's going on there? Yeah. Which, by the way, is also an issue with Destiny of the Daleks, right? And right. Davros is covered with uh, cobwebs. Yeah. At least in that it. case, I would assume that, okay, maybe there's a spider-like thing that's native to Scaro. Yeah. Whereas in this one, well, surely you got some got some sterilization procedures to uh <laughs> to improve their daleks yeah they they need some of that uh, terminus sterilization uh, yeah that, that well, we recently i would i wouldn't model it after that one <laughs> that wasn't super great either but but also uh, i mean the other reason to mention in terms of the randomizer uh why it brought us here randomizer does love to do you know back-to-back stories right but like at a, at a remove so it right. did take us to 10th planet then it took us back here and right. then it's taking us here so yeah it likes to bunch them together that's yeah. for sure but never, th- we haven't had three in a row yet, have we? I don't. Um, uh, I have to look. I don't think yeah. so. We'll maybe, open up. We'll open up the codex in a yes. minute, Chris. <laughs> we'll get that. Uh, but before we do that, we need to talk about what if the evil plot had succeeded. Okay, so the evil plot is the Daleks' evil plot because the okay. humans are just too incompetent to be. Well, evil. you could you could argue Bregan. I could say he's yeah. he's fairly evil. Uh, but let's go with the Daleks plot first. I mean, his his plot was never going to succeed because that it he didn't understand the Daleks. He didn't understand the threat. He's just power mad. So that's not going to succeed. Right. Well, if he if well if we if we go with the Bregan side, so what yeah. what could happen is that I think it's more interesting because he succeeds in using the Doctor to destroy the Daleks, but then he doesn't get killed himself. So he mm-hmm. essentially succeeds in taking over the colony and. He becomes it. Be, it basically would become his own little dystopia right. with him in charge, and arguably, maybe he becomes more of a Davros figure, mm. and maybe that ends up having and some maybe, ties to the Daleks later, which could be an interesting twist. Because right. he's pretending to be that dad. So that's one thing, um, and the Doctor still gets away. So in that mm-hmm. case, or or maybe maybe Brigan kills him. I don't know. Um, but the other one is the Daleks plot, yeah. right? So, so if they succeed, they they wipe out um, the entire colony, right? Instead of the entire colony, except a few people. So it just becomes then. Then it just becomes a Dalek colony, I guess. Yeah, and they they're just you know. And then they have their own Dalek governor, Bregan, uh, <laughs> you know, and their own Dalek governor who's oblivious and off visiting the miners. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure know. how much that like the Daleks winning affects the Doctor Who universe, other than maybe they kill Doctor, right? So they kill everyone, assume the Doctor doesn't get away. Well, it is all about limiting the number of Daleks in the universe, right? That's what we learned in Genesis. Like, you can't kill them completely, but you can lock them in their bunker for a thousand years, and that cuts down on the Dalek development. It's all about slow the spread. Right, slow Slow (laughs) the spread of Daleks. (laughs) Exactly. See posters. Everyone, Everyone, keep six feet apart, or the Daleks will produce more Daleks. Um, nice. Yeah. yeah so Dalek so, with a mask over its all eye stock or something. <laughs> I, I guess you know if the even if the evil plot succeeds, you know the Doctor and Ben and Polly could still get away, right? And the Doctor can just feign ignorance about the whole thing, right? But right. What What happened? weren't we on this? I seem to remember we were on this planet with Daleks. And ben and Polly, uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> let's you know, not even talk about that. Let's, let's go to Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, so I like I like this because. Our heroes still come out okay on this one, even yes. if the evil plot succeeds, yeah. uh, and maybe the Daleks just uh, and, and they do, do actually a talk. More killing. I, I do, as regular listeners know, I do like to uh, you know make any any uh, refer- any reference within a story to let's go back to the TARDIS uh-huh. uh, is always a winner with me. And I think they Ben and Polly do say that at one point. They do. They uh, definitely do. Uh, let's just it's just it's just uh, <laughs> screw it all. Go back to the TARDIS. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's interesting. I kind of like, you know, uh, just to go back a little bit, the fact that Ben and Polly are kind of on opposite sides of is this the Doctor or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, That's and nice. Polly gets one over quicker. I kind of, they, they feel like they work better with Troughton than they mm. did with Hartnell. Hartnell is just sort of weird. Like, why? Why is this old guy traveling with a with a shouting yeah. Cockney sailor and you know and a dolly bird? Like, why? Why is that even? Yeah, it's the, the weird generation just, gap. Yeah, and then yeah. here they just sort of play off each other a little more. Yeah, I like this. Like, like I think they. This might be the point where they sort of come into their own as yeah. with that relationship and sort of starting with this place of mistrust. There's more of a journey there for them. Mm. Right? By the way, I've entirely forgotten when. When do they leave? Uh, the faceless ones. Okay. Yep. That's, Which is how many more down the line? It's towards the end of this. It's right before um, Evil of the Daleks. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're traveling with, with Jamie. Yeah, they travel, Ben, Polly, and Jamie. It gets a, next episode a little on. bit of a crowded TARDIS yeah. here in uh, season four. Yeah. So. It's just, well, hmm. they, they, they liked crowded TARDIS. TARDIS I? Well, speaking of crowds. Yes. <laughs> and there's maybe another companion that's here because mm-hmm. we don't know where Clara is. So. Like Clara Splinter. Clara Splinter. Which we have sent throughout time and space. We've we've taken the name of the Doctor at its word and we are filling in plot holes as we go Yeah, with the Clara Splinter. What plot holes can she fill in well, here? Well, remember what I was saying about the Daleks not getting the message that they're supposed to start killing everybody, those mm. two in the hallway anyway. I think Clara is around... Basically jamming communications and sabotaging <laughs> like the Dalek surveillance. Cause like yeah. you think about how bad the Daleks are at basic security. Like you would think that Lesterson's lab like would be the number one place to secure. Like that's the entrance to your capsule. So you would probably always want a Dalek in that room, or at least just outside of it, probably even more than one. And th- there's constant scenes of people mm. doing stuff in that room when the Daleks are like even, you know, reproducing themselves and stuff. And it's like, well, could you, not only should you have a Dalek there, maybe a camera or yeah. <laughs> so I feel like she's there constantly screwing up their ability to do that. And, and Clara is arguably the companion, at least in, in her, you know, uh, what's seen on the show, the companion who most understands Daleks because she's been one twice. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, not just as uh, Oswald souffle girl. Uh, but also in uh, uh, Witches Familiar. She, oh, yeah. she, she, Missy puts her inside a Dalek casing. Right. And so she get, so she understands Daleks from the inside out. So she's really <laughs> effective at filling in Dalek plot holes. Uh, but I also think that she's there on the TARDIS uh, switching out uh, William Hartnell's weird uh, uh, shoelace thing that he wears for, uh, you know, for an actual bow tie because Clara is obviously going to think the bow ties are cool. So we're trying to think about the sequence of Twice Upon a Time. Yeah. Does she go in before Ben and Polly get there and give him a quick change? Maybe, because yeah. she is. The, that's the other thing about Twice Upon a Time. The Doctor sees a vision of her, yeah. which we could argue is a Clara Splinter. Right. Yeah, yeah. true. Uh, so maybe that vision is like, oh, I'm not here for you. I'm actually going to go and uh, <laughs> change this guy's clothes while he's collapsed on the floor of the TARDIS. Nice. Yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah. All right. Brings brings it back to bow ties, and uh, yeah, it's a good way to. So, bottom line, this is it a Dalek, <laughs> <laughs> an Ogron, or a Viscount Banger? Uh, yeah, well, I think I think it might be it might be young Viscount Banger. Mm. Viscount Banger as, as a boy. Um, okay, 
but also maybe maybe it's a Dalek with with one stalk removed. What? With, with, oh, I see. With his gun, it's out. Like, yeah, right, right, a, a Dalek you. with his gun removed. Like it's not not quite a full Dalek. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a I think it's a full Dalek. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I mean, uh, this is definitely one of the better Dalek episodes from the classic series, yeah. and. Uh, I thought, you know, like I say, it was very suspenseful. It was a very creepy adventure. And you're just, even though it's six episodes, and it, it probably says it does feel a bit long, it, but you're standing up, you're paying attention throughout. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely I was a template for how to do a six episode story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ways. I think there's a, there's definitely like one of the better Daleks. <laughs> it's a yeah. Supreme Dalek. Mm, I'll give it that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a black Dalek. I mean, it it, did, it certainly did its job, which it was required no. to do at the time of keeping Doctor Who running. Yeah, uh, even yes. as you change the lead actor, which is an extraordinary thing to do. Obviously, that's why they chose the Daleks to to go in there to assure people that you no, know, you're don't worry, you're still watching the same show. Yeah, yeah, the Daleks are in this. Um, yeah. and they're going to come back. Yes, the, the I stalk at the end, so <laughs> stick with us, folks. Yeah, and it, it did. Uh, you know, you could be a little bit cynical about this and point out that the the show uh, broadcast this this particular story broadcast uh, in late November. So, by the way, it was the the third birthday of Doctor Who during this oh. during the screening of this because it was November uh, nineteen sixty six. Wow! So here we are, three years on from an unearthly child and, and how much nice. has changed. Uh, but also that means right in the Christmas season, you know, when everyone's going to rush out and buy those Dalek toys, <laughs> Dalek toys are on the assembly line. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were there at least because it's funny, like the toy, uh, I always kind of assume that the toy, uh, the, the, the bad effects made the toy, but it was actually reversed. You know, yes. the toys be- did the bad effects. So it's like this weird meta thing that, okay, now that they're in the show, the toy's actually accurate, arguably. So, yeah, we're going to make right. it canon. <laughs> That's how it works, guys. All right. Chris, it is time. It is time. Time to leave the power of the Daleks and find out where we are going next. This is exciting. We've never done this live. Yeah, we've never done the randomizer live. So as everyone knows, uh, who has ever listened to this podcast before, we the randomizer consists of two parts, the pull to open codex, a Google sheet that contains all of the episodes of the series, both classic and new, all laid out for you. There's 300 of them now after Mm. Legend of the Sea Devils. Yes, and you can check it out in the show notes uh, to activate the codex. Well, activate the randomizer uh, to make use of the codex. Yeah, we uh, need the other part, the executor. The executor, yes, which is played by uh, random.org. Oh, you've got it there. Which is thankfully just loaded. Nice. <laughs> One by iPad here, uh, and uh, we plug in random.org uses atmospheric noise for true randomness, awesome, uh, as opposed to computerized randomness. Uh, because, uh, you know, computers are about as bad as Daleks. If <laughs> um, and uh, so we plug in the number one and the number 300, and we find out where we're going next when I hit the generate button. So, so okay, are you ready? I am, I am ready. Should we challenge the randomizer? Yeah, okay. So challenges. I mean, I, I kind of like the missing episode thing. I'm going to say give us a true missing episode. Oh, a true wow. missing story that has not been animated so that we have to go to some other media to to find out what was in the story okay that'll That's be a pretty first. good yeah that will be a first 
Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to play triple Yahtzee here <laughs> because the two of us are here yes. now. I want to go to the two doctors. Oh, <laughs> it's very specific. I know. I like it. Wow. This is, this is uh, I'm playing, I'm playing serious roulette here. I thought you were, you yeah. were going to say that you want to go to like the Daleks and just have a kind of a, oh. you know, kind of keep this going in chronological order. Yeah. Yeah. The randomizer is well, I so think I, I, I would do that. It just, I know it's going to do that later. Yeah. <laughs> for its next Dalek trick. Yeah. All right. So shall we do this? Yes. How do we do this live? Well, I guess we just do it live. Yep. Four, three, two, one. Excellent. 131. 131 is Frontios. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look at this. Turlo again. We were just talking about Frontios. We were talking about Frontios because I was saying that I mistook Terminus for Frontios. Like, I totally, Terminus was so forgettable. I also remember I mentioned it once when we were talking about the end of human civilization. With, oh. When we were talking about Smile. I just mentioned it in passing because it's huh. like. I, um, I remember nothing about Frontios, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Frontios, man. Tractators. I've seen them. <laughs> um, man, if you thought Mark Strickson was. <laughs> losing it in terminus you just just you wait i will. turlo is the, the randomizer's favorite companion he really is yeah. and, and davison is rapidly becoming uh the the randomizer's second yeah. favorite doctor for sure all right frontios it's frontios. a fun one well i guess i guess now i i will no longer be confused about whether we've done terminus or frontios <laughs> we will they have are done oddly both. phonetically similar <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay guys well thank you very much for tuning in to this great live episode yeah. sort of doing it live i don't we know did it live. live is a different context here but we did it we did it live the two of us in the same room thank you so much for listening uh we're a podcast please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already tell your friends to subscribe we're available on all the good platforms leave a review leave a rating um follow us on social and oh my things are happening <laughs> Uh, they're doing it live. We this are doing it live. That's, that's what happens. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Follow <laughs> us on social Twitter, Instagram, Pull to Open 63, TikTok, Pull to Open. Yes. Frontios is next. Frontios is next. Stay with us. I think we're, we're getting caught in a time loop, but uh, we'll, we'll escape in time for, for next week's Pull to Open. So we'll see you then. All right, guys. Take care.